Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. Well, you picked a fantastic night to be in church. We're incredibly blessed to have with us tonight Pastor Terry Hurrigan. Terry and Moira and I have been friends for way over 20 years now, which sounds like a long time when she only looks 21. And it's um, just a real pleasure to have Terry here. She's got a sharp prophetic voice and an incredible woman of prayer. She's been a leader in our movement for many years. And uh, we've, with her husband, Gary, they look after a whole pile of things in the life of our movement of churches. So they look after our church health and different aspects of training. We look after the under, under 75 churches. So our small country churches and small churches, Gary and Terry look after and do a phenomenal job of that. So it's just a, a pleasure to have you here, Terry. So why don't you give it up for Terry as she comes this evening. Thank you, Pastor Ken. Great to be here again tonight. And happy birthday, Murray. 60 in my books is the new 40s, and that's what I live for. <laughs> the sad thing is the 20-year-olds still think that that's still pretty old. <laughs> but we need all generations, amen. We need the greys, grey nomads, the grey heads, and all in between. And I just believe that... Uh, God wants to bless your identity tonight. He wants to pass on, just as we were singing that, that last song, again, it's just such an anointing on that song uh, for this season. But I just feel that he wants to pass on a baton of love and favour and his, his identity up upon you. Because some of you may have been handed a raw deal when it comes to your identity. Some of you have suffered in terms of being rejected. Some of you have lived un, un, um, under labels that have limited your potential. But God is here to change all that. And I'm here probably as a mother's voice tonight because I can and I'm old enough. <laughs> mother's grandmother. Um, because I just feel to uh, I just, just have such a sense of God's love reaching out to you and changing the course of your destiny. Because when you have a marred identity of yourself, you start making choices that compromise God's will for you and God's best for you. And yes, he can redeem mistakes, but I'm here to try and cut off the past of the trajectory of what you might be walking into tonight. Because you have been wounded and you have um, a wrong perception of who you are and you can make choices that can take years to rectify. And as 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, I'm here to speak particularly to this generation, although the older ones are here to champion you on and to, just to hand you that baton to say, I'm with you, I believe in you and I'm running with you. Is that okay? <laughs> so I just wanted to share a scripture in 1 Samuel 29. It's, it's a chunk of scripture in 2 to 10. And it speaks about David. 
And I'll just read it out to you and just expound on what I want to bring to you tonight. As the Philistine rulers marched with their units of hundreds and thousands, David and his men were marching at the rear with Achish. The commanders of the Philistines asked, what about these Hebrews? And Achish replied, is this not David, who was an officer of Saul, king of Israel? He has already been with me for over a year, and from the day he left Saul until now, I have found no fault in him. But the Philistine commanders were angry with Achish and said, Send the man back, that he may return to the place you assigned him. He must not go with us into battle, or he, he will turn against us during the fighting. How better could he regain his master's favour than by taking the heads off our own men? Isn't this the David they sang about in their dances? Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. So Achish called David and said to him, as surely as the Lord lives, you have been reliable, and I would be pleased to have you serve with me in the army. From the day you came to me until today, I have found no fault in you, but the rulers don't approve of you. Now turn back and go in peace. Do nothing to displease the Philistine rulers. But what have I done, asked David. What have, I found, what have you found against your servant from the day that I came to you until now? Why can't I go and fight against the enemies of my lord, the king? And Achish answered, I know that you have been as pleasing in my eyes as, as an angel of God. Nevertheless, the Philistine commanders have said, he must not go up with us into battle. Now get up early along with your master's servants who have come with you and leave in the morning as soon as it is light. So what does all that have to do with identity? <laughs> Lean in and you might find out. So David was displaced and in exile. He was running from King Saul, who wanted to kill him out of jealousy. And so out of desperation, David sought refuge with the Philistines, who were an enemy to Israel. And prior to that, it says that David was with them for about a year. And when David initially approached the Philistines, he had to act insane so that he wouldn't pose as a threat. He had to cover his identity by acting totally out of character. And David was familiar with rejection. His father and brothers in his developing years never recognised God's call upon his life. And his own king, who had once embraced him as a son, now sought to kill him. And there are times in life when you might find yourself facing rejection from family, friends, sometimes church. Anyone ever been offended in church? Not in this, not in Highlands. No, they're the exception. <laughs> it all comes down to your wonderful pastors, I know. The very people, though, that should nurture you can also do damage to what you believe about yourself. Rejection is a powerful spirit. It could cause you to doubt yourself and lose your confidence. And there's a pain that seeks the comfort of acceptance. And I see people straddling two sides of the fence tonight. One's on God's side and the other's on the world's side because you've been hurt by people who should have nurtured and accepted you. But if you don't find your refuge and your healing and your identity in God, 
If you don't find your true value in the heavenly Father, the world can then offer its acceptance, but it does come at a price tag of your true identity. We need love and acceptance because God has designed us that way. We need family, friends, networks of people that will love, embrace, and validate what God has placed inside of you. But you can experience an identity crisis like David. And sometimes when rejected by your own people, you can reject yourself. And you think that you're not good enough and take on an identity that's really not you. And if the enemy can get you to doubt what God says about you and doubt his ways for you are good, then you will go searching for approval from the wrong crowd and you can start making decisions from the wrong core beliefs. And then you can make life choices that are totally out of your character. Now, as I said before, it's, it's kind of like the, the heart of God going out to you. Please consider the direction that you might be considering to, to take because it could mean years of redeeming that damage. And God does not want that for you. God... Uh, David, sorry, found himself falling into compromising his identity and his call as he sought refuge with the enemy. In 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And we compromise the soundness of our minds and make irrational decisions out of fear of not being accepted. And then we start running with the wrong crowd. We start picking up habits that compromise our faith because we yearn to fit in. In Proverbs 29, verse 25, fearing people is a dangerous trap. But trusting the Lord means safety. You will find safety in the Lord. He accepts and loves you as you are. And he is your refuge to run to when you are filled with that self-doubt. David hid his true character so much that the Philistines accepted him and he believed that he was one of them. Sobering thought. If it can happen to David, it can happen to us. In 2 Corinthians 6 verse 17, Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch any unclean thing and I will welcome you. You know, we might think that it's okay to experiment, to compromise a little, to allow the seemingly small temptations. It's okay. It's just a little whatever. But that text from that guy that says you're beautiful, but his motives is impure, that flirty message from that girl that will do anything at all to doubt you, that invitation to a party where you know that drugs and alcohol is going to be there, to seduce you into a world of moral danger. We can tell ourselves it can't hurt us. I've got control of this, a little compromise here and there, but you're engaging with an enemy who is the master of all lies. And before you even know that you are trapped, you are. You are trapped. And it all starts with one choice in the one direction. And then when you make that decision, the next choice comes a little easier, and then the next one, until you start justifying why you're making the decisions. And that's what happened to David. In 2 Samuel 29, verse 8, 
He says, why can't I go and fight against the enemies of the Lord my King? Why can't I? And we start getting defensive when we're trying to justify some decisions. Why can't I go to that party? Why can't I take those drugs? <laughs> why can't I run with that crowd? And when you start getting defences about the choices you make and justify why you're making them, you're in the red zone. The wound of that pain of rejection reminds you that you tried God, but it ended up in disappointment. And you allow the wisdom of the world to justify who you are. In Colossians verse 2, chapter 2, verse 8, it says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than Christ. The world is steeped in deceptive philosophy. Philosophy is simply the love of wisdom, but the devil can tempt you into thinking that the way of the world will make you wise. Your eyes will be opened, your perspective will be broadened, Experiment here, experiment there. It will heighten your senses. It will bring a happiness. It will bring pleasure. And it will. But it will come at a great cost. The world would say, embrace our ways. Come into our way of thinking. And you will become wise and live according to whatever desires 